Ice, ice, baby. I'm Justin. The next time I want to feel tough, I'm going to put a bird wing claw thing on my forehead. This is Jackie. Space herpes. Eh, you get used to them. I'm Sam, and this is Ice Pirates on Stinker Madness. What's that smell? I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty as fuck. Hey, look at this! Thrill me. If you come back in here, I'm gonna hit you with so many rides, you're gonna beg for a left. Thrill me. Beg for a left. Thrill me. Hello and welcome to Stinker Madness, the podcast about bad movies for bad movie lovers by three bad movie lovers. I'm your host, Justin. With me are always Sam and Jackie. We are back. There's three of us. Wow. And you changed up the intro. Yeah, because it's such a grandiose occasion. I have been doing episodes recently, Jackie. You have not. So there's been this gaping void sitting next to me. And now it's filled by your cushy goodness. Cushy good. Are you calling me fat, you <laughs> no, just, fuckhead? Good, your, your goodness is cushy. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. I'm not calling anybody fat, except for Sam. Hi, Sam! <laughs> Hi. I lost 60 pounds. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck me. I gained 10 since I got a kid. <laughs> That'll happen. It doesn't make any sense. I'm exercising. I'm going to the park. I'm playing on stuff. I'm constantly up and down the stairs. I'm eating healthier, and I'm getting fatter. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. I feel like I had to eat more than I wanted to to get her to eat right? on the front end. I think so. And I think that's it. Yeah, that that finally ended. Thank God. Oh, man. I would love that. Kids. Th- that that happened in conjunction with the back injury, and that's where those 60 pounds came yeah. from. Ah, ah, gotcha. Yes, kids don't like food. Like, I never, until we had a kid, I never realized what the song beat it or i mean eat it by weird al is about and it's seriously him the parent trying to get their kid to eat the fucking food it's insane i feel like it was a real struggle that he had with his children and it came out of him yep yep and that and and so basically that's point a for weird al in our cultural timeline and uh, thanks, kids, for not eating your food, because maybe we wouldn't have got weird out without them. <laughs> Little shits. Anyways. My daughter still has never tried pizza. Oh, my God. That's so she insane. says she doesn't like it, but she likes bread and cheese and ketchup. And I'm like, <laughs> you might like this. You might like this. Uh, weird. Okay. Uh, Ice Pirates from 1984, uh, starring a, Angelica Houston. A bevy of people. Robert Urich. Uh, Mary Crosby, uh, and uh, Angelica Houston, Ron fucking Perlman, uh, John Carradine, everybody, Bruce Valanche, yeah, Bruce Valanche, everybody. Um, is this? This is. Go ahead. This this is like, if you look at Angelica Houston's amazing career, yeah, there's two question marks on it. Uh This one and Captain EO, right. Like what the what the hell are you thinking about? I guess she did this as a favor to the one of the producers or something like that. It has to be. Or like uh when I remember when uh Captain America Winter Soldier came out, 
uh, Robert Redford was like, yeah, I'm not doing one of those silly Marvel movies. Why would I be in a comic book movie? And then his grandchildren begged him to be in it. So he was like, eh, okay. Maybe it's one of those things. Somebody somebody was asking her, hey, why don't you do this silly pirate movie? Kids love it. Do it for yeah, somebody. Re- Redford's probably at his ranch, like, mending his fence going, yeah, my kids made me do the Star Wars movie. I guess it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam, what do you got on this movie? So this is right when MGM Hollywood hits a uh, hits hits the brakes on the budgets pretty hard, especially after Dune, which happens this same year. But Dune wasn't MGM; that was a Dino movie, and I believe it was either uh, Universal or something like that. We did it, uh, mm-hmm. but a couple of weeks ago, Tyler and I did Krull, and you see where the bottom drops out of the fantasy and sci-fi market, right? And MGM already pulled it. This actually was written by the same guy that wrote the original script from Kroll. And it called for a $20 million budget. And MGM's like, okay. And then MGM's bank said, you can't spend more than $8 million on any movie. So your biggest movies of the year will only cost $8 million. So the budget got yanked and it got rewrote by the director, uh, Stuart Raffle. And he rewrote it as a comedy and a pirate film, and they intentionally didn't watch Star Wars so that it wouldn't be anything like Star Wars, I guess. That's good for them. (laughs) Finally, somebody. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The other odd thing, and this was a little bit of digging, and I'm going to make more accusations than I can. This may not be completely true, but Kevin Costner was attached to this early on when it had the larger budget, Hmm. and it was called The Water Planet, and it was about his uh, passion to save the water. Oh, boy. And this may have indirectly, the the disaster of the production of this film may have indirectly led to Waterworld. That's that's fucking nuts. That is... And that it's connected to Kroll, like... Is someone saying... Yeah. It's insane. We're checking a lot of boxes in history right here. I mean, like, movies are just so much domino effect... It's after all this, we've learned that just everything is connected, just like in history. Everything is connected. It's also connected to uh, Menahem Golan and Yoram Globus because they will, after Frank Yablins is the head of MGM, and he's the guy that's brought in to rein in, rein the, bring the spending down. We're going to rein in all these costs. Mm hmm. And one of the ways that he does that is he just takes the money for himself and leaves. <laughs> you can't spend any. It's mine. Yeah. Uh, there isn't. He He's done some decent pictures. He doesn't have like officially caught in situations. But Raffle was like, yeah, this guy came in. Uh, the, the movie's producers, John Foreman, who worked with Paul Newman for years mm-hmm. and a Apparently, at one point, they got into an argument over money because this is a reported budget of nine million, but it's probably more like half that. Yeah. And they got into an argument over money where apparently Yablins decided to uh, call Paul Newman's wife a derogatory term and oh. John Foreman punched him in the face. Oh, oh, Dang. my. Oh, my. Like I'm like see you next Tuesday. Yeah, well, it's also a situation where a guy that has done some okay movies and not really is telling the guy that is one half of the brilliance that brought you Sundance, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid how to make a picture mm-hmm. and then makes fun of that guy's best friend's wife 
and gets punched in the face. Yeah, yeah. Huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm thinking this Yablins guy, what you know, there's some questionable decisions that he's made in his yeah, life, and that's think? a pretty big one. You think? I mean, you're talking about Cool Hand Luke, man. <laughs> well, you're not talking directly about Cool Hand Luke, but I'm pretty sure I Cool Hand Luke Cool Hand Luke still was whip a- your ass. Was Cool Hand Luca Foreman Newman? Produ- I mean, there was a lot of those were Foreman Newman productions. I think it was. Yeah, like, this guy knows how to make a fucking movie. Get out of his way. And don't make fun of his best friend's wife. Right. Come on. Yeah, George Kennedy will give you the backbreaker. So, Sam, would you would you punch somebody out if somebody made fun of me? It depends. <laughs> how big they were. and if their derogatory uh terminology was actually accurate (laughs) well yeah i mean she kind of is a bitch (laughs) no you're not you're a sweet person i would punch anybody i will i will i will kick a man (laughs) and then run like hell and then run (laughs) yeah how big is he how fast is he Is it George Kennedy? Ah, nope. Sorry. He can say whatever the hell he wants. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. Uh, Among other things that happened in the uh, rough production of this film is in the middle of it, this whole sound crew got fired for apparently no reason and was replaced by other people the next day. Who fires the sound crew? What did they do? (laughs) What could you possibly do to get... Maybe what you did is, like, watch the guy who hired you get punched in the face and giggle or something. Uh-huh. And then, you're, oh, you're all fired. Like, well, who's going to do the sound? Now? We'll get some people. We'll get some people to do the sound, I guess. <laughs> hey, hey, where's our boom guy? Uh, he's over there eating chips. Uh, get in here. And then the boom guy gets in. And uh, instead of even using a boom, he just holds a potato to people's faces like it's a microphone. That will get you fired. But it seems like it wouldn't have gotten you hired to begin with. <laughs> yeah. I guess there was a lot of editing as well that Raffle was pretty upset with that took out some of his what he thought were his better jokes. I don't know if that's possible because I think the ones that were in there were still hitting real hard. Yeah. But I guess he had a little bit of a Spaceballs ending mm. uh, where it flew over the beach of Malibu and you saw California people and they're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nope, this water planet's already full of turds. Yep. Uh-oh. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> uh, we kind of mentioned all the people that are in this. Uh, Robert Urich, Spencer for Hire. Mm-hmm. Fucking awesome shit right yep. there. Yep. This is also like... I love Robert Urich. I would get so excited about him being in anything because of this movie mm-hmm. and Spencer for Hire. I was right. like, this guy's the guy. Why isn't he everywhere? This is the guy. Why isn't he everywhere? Why isn't he everywhere? I mean, did like did somebody say, well, we don't need two Tom Selleck's? I mean, is that what was going on? Like, Yeah, I don't know. What he is, is he's like right in between Tom Cruise and Tom Selleck. Right. And there was a spot for him. I don't know why why he didn't get to be more awesome all the time. Maybe mm-hmm. it was because this movie is widely seen as a giant turd in the industry. Right. However, reported budget of nine, probably cost four and a half. It made 14. Yeah. yeah it made money. Yeah. yeah people liked it, it. People like him. I don't get people it. People like him. Yeah. People like everybody in this movie. Right. John Matsuzak, the Raiders defensive mm-hmm. end that won the Super Bowl a couple years prior, is Sloth and Goonies. People love him. Yeah. 
Right. And then, I mean, you could kind of consider that this is a springboard for Perlman, even. Like, I mean, this is very early Perlman. This is his second movie. Yeah. Yeah. So his his Perlman is in full effect. Mm -hmm. And it made my heart warm. Every time I saw him, I was like, the world is okay, Perlman. Right. It's it's not like he this isn't like a Liam Neeson showing up. Oh, hey, Liam Neeson's in this movie where he's pretending not to be Liam Neeson. He's trying to get his career going and he doesn't know what that is. Perlman is Perlman. And Perlman got to be Perlman because of this movie. Like, it, this is not a movie, a career killer by any means. This is a career launcher. And I think it's unfair that we didn't get more goddamn Robert Europe. We should we should have had more. Yeah. And Angelica Houston in the movies, like, she's in full blast, too, because she's like, all right, kids, I'm going to show you how an actress swims through a turd. <laughs> right. Well, and she was she really captured that empowered woman, eat shit motherfucker like persona that she was doing. And and if you really think about who she is, cuz you know, I don't know, maybe you guys have a different view of her, but you know, she's so regal and beautiful and uh, composed, right? Composed is a very good word. And in this movie, she's just kind of like this rogue piece of shit woman that's like she's a pirate. Yeah. She's like, you know, supposed to be scummy and mm-hmm. I I don't know. I, I thought she really just fucking nailed it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she's the toughest person in the movie and she's a woman. This thing does a lot of things early on that you're not supposed to do in a man's world. And it's a very early instance of like full on colorblind casting. And that, that was apparently a problem in production. And I'm making a little more of an accusation here. But it seemed to me that the writing reflected the fact that it was there was some conflict there. And so they just wrote in, like, racial tension is real. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, they didn't hide from it. They went right after it. There's a very specific scene of that that uh, I had to cringe a little bit because uh, my seven-year-old was watching this movie. Um, yes. However, there is also the uh, the... All of that goodness, but then there's some real badness as far as like '80s staples, like <laughs> yeah, you know, rape. It's it's okay. It's funny. We can have fun with rape. No, you can't. Stop it. You Stop it. Can't. '80s. <laughs> it is symptomatic of everything that's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. It is just an amazing. Th- this is Americana right, right here. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of people see it that way. Uh, are we ready to get into it, or you got some more? Oh, that's it. Let's get into it. All right. Yeah. All right. So what I want to do is uh, let's just give a cast breakdown and who of who's who because uh, you know we might not get to these people directly, but uh, basically we got Robert Urich is Jason. He's the head of he's the leader of the Ice Pirates. I I want to say his name is Jason. Does anybody agree? Like maybe a little Jason and the Argonauts. Type? That's exactly what it is. This yeah. movie is basically influenced most heavily by the crimson pirates mm. but they intentionally made him jason from jason and the argonauts yeah. okay all right well i'm not an idiot then uh and then uh somebody will probably not mention by name uh, uh i this was not a career launcher for michael d roberts who plays his i guess uh first mate roscoe i guess he'd they, be first mate or just pal or whatever they're partners yeah like that's the other thing about these pirates there's like, they're really pirates. Mm-hmm. There's respect and there's leadership 
given through the earning of respect, but these men and women are all equals on their space pirate ship. Yeah, yeah, it does kind of seem like Jason's barely above anybody else. It's it's more of a... It's Jason's boat. Yeah, right, right. Uh, and then Angelica Houston is Maida. Uh, John Mat- Mat- How do you say his name? Matuzik? Zach? John Matuzak. Yeah. Matuzak. Uh, Killjoy. And then Ron Perlman is Zeno. Um, so the very first thing that they do is they, they bust onto this ship. Um, they're there to steal ice, you know, because the world that we live or the, the galaxy that this takes place in is water is the most valuable commodity that you can ever have. There was a, a, a intergalactic war that blew up all the water or something. I don't know what the hell happened before. All yeah. This. They built a town in the desert and called it LA. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's been, I, I don't know how we can keep getting, that joke in sam like that's the fourth episode in a row that there's been a perfect chinatown joke in every movie (laughs) yeah and it's because they couldn't get away from it and it's like if we do a movie made in the 80s and it doesn't have a spectacular budget then they're they're bitching about how they're bitching about their water bill right All right, so they they're, they're on an Imperial cruiser. They're there to steal ice because it's it's uh, you know they're pirates. They're ice pirates. They're literally ice pirates. And uh, Jason stumbles upon uh, Princess Karina's quarters. Oh no, you got to back oh, okay. up. Go ahead. When they first break into this ship, uh-huh. <clears throat> excuse me. When they first break into this ship, there is a weird looking, melty looking guy on a toilet. Oh my god, taking a dump. Yep. Yeah. That's my first note is shitter heist. <laughs> and I like that they don't even like, ooh, hey, sorry. They they just go on about their business while this guy is still on the can looking at a magazine and like, what? he just was trying to have a nice crap. He's not even their way. Yeah. And everybody that walks past him is like, take care of that guy. Take care of that guy. Take care of that guy. And it just doesn't stop, right? Because like, there's so many of them coming out uh-huh. and- the guy is just stunned, and he's just sitting there like, I've got poop on my butt, and these ice pirates are in here. At least they didn't kill him. You know, That would have been that would have been not cool. But I loved that You know, the last guy hits him in the head, mm-hmm. knocks him out, and then later we see him when they're getting back on their ship, and he's got this huge bump right, on his head. Right, I just thought that was so funny. Yeah, that c- character could have never been around again, and they circled back. That was good. That was a good joke. And we're... This is the first glimpse that we're going to get of the most miles that anyone has ever gotten out of a group of costumes. Those robots. Oh my god, the miles! They the made robots. they had X amount, and they made it seem like they had a thousand. Yeah, with some paint and uh-huh. some some small costume pieces. Like, boy, did they get miles out of those squishy robots! Right, mm-hmm. and, and some of them dying, and some of them exploding, and then okay, Gary, get back up. You got to go over to this frame. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the they're robots. It seems like, am I correct in saying like Roscoe was in charge of robot purchasing and he didn't do a very good job? No, Roscoe's the robot man. Like, so it's Jason's boat. Those are Roscoe's robots. Uh-huh. And he's really quite good at robots because there's only several robots in the film that are better and they're the highest, most expensive robots ever made. It's true. That's true. But these guys have a, a couple quirks. Well, the one doesn't want to fight. Uh-huh. And he's totally scared. And he's just shaking. <laughs> he's giving away their position all the time. Uh-huh. 
and the other one doesn't move very fast and the other one i can't remember what the one that finally actually does something good his problem was he was a small robot yeah yeah he was a little guy that's right uh hilarious also when they storm in we get our first glimpse of the space templars right right mm-hmm. are, are they like to the templars are they like the empire um there are they the main bads the templars because it kind of doesn't I don't know if it really matters that they're Templars. The, the Templars are the the authority in the galaxy. So are they the villains because they're doing their job or are they the villains because they want revenge against Jason for this particular heist? They are the villains because they have strangled the galaxy, controlling all the water and not allowing for the expiration of more water. They, they've they realized that they can maintain firm control by strangling this one resource, and that's what makes them evil. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So as the heist progress, they get, I think they get the ice. I'm not real clear if they get the ice or not. They sort of, yeah, I think they get the ice. Uh, they have... A number of skirmishes. The robot skirmish is amazing because Roscoe's like, don't worry, nobody has robots as good as us mm-hmm. on these little freighters. But then it's not a freighter. It's a royal transport right. with the princess. Right. Who's Bing Crosby's daughter, Mary Crosby. Mm-hmm. She's hot as shit. Mm-hmm. She's uh, like one. Of, this is the one. She's this. This is the movie where like it awoke inside of me. She is the one. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> hubba hubba. All right. So Jason's also got a case of the hubba hubbas because he's walking by Caesar Chambers and is like, uh, she's in there pulling a sleeping beauty in her cryogenic chamber, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Smoky inside. Got some dry ice in there. I. It's like dry ice, but I think it's supposed to just be like misty Valium. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> She's, yeah. she's a light sleeper. Well, you know, yeah. and and that's how much money that this woman has mm-hmm. and how important she is, is that she can sleep in a misty bed. Right. Because there's a water fucking shortage. She's in there like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got to keep my skin hydrated uh-huh. while I sleep. Mm-hmm. Got to open up those pores you with water, you peasants. Uh, so he's like, well, she's unconscious. I'll sneak a peek at her tit. <laughs> yep, he does it. It's a little boob peeking. Not cool, bro. <laughs> I mean, I understand you're a pirate, but you're also our hero. Uh, could you kind of keep the rape away? <laughs> like, not cool 80s. Damn it. Uh, they even say it in the dialogue is like, it's, it's not exactly this. But what I wrote down is no raping. What? We're pirates. <laughs> right. And. Then there is a line later about raping and pillaging and like, hey, that's just how it goes, man. That's kind of our bag. <laughs> cringe. But they're pirates. Yeah, cringe. All right. So he kidnaps her. Uh, she eventually wakes up and starts kicking and screaming, but he does uh, kick her, uh, kidnap her because I guess he is like, you're too hot to not have on my ship. I think I- that the, the heist goes south enough. And Perlman says something to the effect of like, well, this is sideways and it's all the way sideways because Jason's stealing the girl again. All uh, right. Yeah. All yeah. right. We covered all the bases. Let's get the fuck out of here. Right. This isn't the first time that this has happened. 
he's always stealing princesses, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then, eh, I'm bored with this one. Airlock. <laughs> no, I mean, he's enough of a gentleman that he would drop them off on some shithole planet. Right. Tatooine. Yeah. Yeah. With no water. Right. Right into the mouth of the Sarlacc. I think he's got a little bit of Star-Lord in him. Like, sometimes yeah. he wakes up in the ship and he's like, oh, yeah, right. you're still here. Whoa. Right. I forgot I stole you. Yeah. Want breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of Star-Lord here. All right. So, uh, they, uh, they he gets her back to the ship. They take off uh, with the... Uh, the Templars in pursuit. Um, and he orders Zeno and Maida to uh, jettison in some escape pods just before uh, the pi- they're, they're captured. It's not jettison in space pods. What we have here is something that makes an eight-year-old me or a six-year-old me, whenever I saw this the first of a hundred times, mm-hmm. super pumped. It's a triple ship. Yeah. What right. the fuck? That's awesome. <laughs> Because the Templars are like, let's get them. And they're like, oh, shit, bitches, triple ship. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man. Okay, so the rest of them get get captured. Um, We get uh, Zorn. We become familiar with Zorn, the leader of the the Templars, uh, played by Jeremy West. He imprisons all of them. And sends them to this, I guess, a penal colony. It's a reprogramming facility where they're going to uh, give you a castration and lumbotomy. Yeah, you don't go to prison for being a pirate. You become like a like a a towhead slave guy. Yeah. Yeah. White hair, really terrible spandex with a number on it. And they chomp your your bits off. Uh Uh-huh. With something that looks like um, one of those construction cranes that you give your kids when they're little. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's a bear trap. They uh-huh. don't have a lot of money, so they just have a chomper that chomps your junk off. Right, and and that part of your pants, too, because you're not nude while laying on this conveyor belt of, of, of castration. It's just you now, you, now you've got a hole where your junk used to be, and you're bleeding out. It doesn't seem like there's even like anybody there to stitch up where your junk used to be. (laughs) I'm also going to make another accusation right now. The conveyor belt. This is the factory from Laverne and Shirley. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going to do it. It is. And they also repurposed a shitload of stuff from Logan's run in this movie, too. So I'm I'm just going to be like, yep, that's for that's where they did Laverne and Shirley. Nice. Going to chomp your junk off. I thought I thought the. Laverne and Shirley thing was the actual brewery. Yeah, it is the actual brewery in Milwaukee. Yeah, but Schweppes. Yeah, maybe it's just a conveyor. Maybe all the conveyor belts look like this, but I'm <laughs> I'm watching his junk get shaved by these ladies that are dressed like Laverne and Shirley, and I'm like, True. they're gonna do it. Gonna shave your chest hairs, then we're gonna chop your junk off. We're gonna yeah. chop your junk off, yeah. I mean, Dropping they could have made a whole movie off. on this conveyor belt, like with Lucille Ball trying to get all the balls, all uh-huh. the testicles in yeah. one bin, and she can't get them all in there, and she starts eating them. And- yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yeah, so I, I also don't, like, get the whole reprogramming thing, because there's not, like, uh, 
part of this conveyor belt. There's not a uh, uh, clockwork orange, watch this stuff with your eyeballs stapled shut or open scene. The reprogramming is seriously just take your junk off. And then later when he's getting shopped for being a, a slave, it, there's a there's a hint that these guys are bang slaves too, but they don't have any junk. Like, I don't understand these people. No, it doesn't make sense. Well, let's get the muscular one. Mmm. Oh, yummy. He's delightful. He doesn't have a penis. Uh, maybe she just puts the strap on on there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's way there's workarounds, right? Okay. So, anyways, uh, Roscoe and Jason are on the conveyor belt, and right before they're about to get chomped, they they get saved by the princess. She has slipped the penal people, the penal. The penis penal people, uh, you know, uh, Fiverr or something, and and gets them pulled off with yeah. their junk still intact. And uh, before they go in, um, John, they meet John Matsuzak, who like gives a sort of fun scene and talks about how they don't uh, castrate or lobotomize the clergy because they're kind of afraid that God does exist. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't have to go through the programming because presumably he is killed the clergy member and taking his clothes. Right, right, right. Like this guy is, this is, this is like the space version of Danny Ocean right here. <laughs> so, uh, while there, Jason learns that, uh, princess Karina is actually the daughter of count Vasco and count Vasco, uh, was an explorer who uh, disappeared searching for the possibly mythical seventh world. Mm-hmm. Seventh world. The vasectomy part of the conveyor belt is also named after him. Vasco. Vasectomy. Uh, I, was, I think he's after. <laughs> he's named after Vasco da Gama. Yeah. I, I, yeah I'll go with Vasco da Gama. Not vas- trying to <laughs> vasectomy. <laughs> Shut up. Vasco. That was the best joke I've had so far. Maybe the- <laughs> Maybe they named the vasectomy after Vasco da Gama, too. They yeah. got too close to some branches on the boat, and somebody lost their sack. Aye! <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, where the hell am I? Um, so, Killjoy is released. Uh, Jason and Roscoe, and uh, uh, they're saved and pulled off the conveyor belt. Uh, by Princess Karina, as I said earlier, I might be circling back too much. Yeah, she's uh gone ahead, and she she gives them a real hard time mm-hmm. before she uh saves them, and then they go to a fucking shitty party, right? With the word like with top secret dancing, and then one of my favorite jokes. Oh my god, the dancing is the amazing! Dancing is amazing. Jackie and was crying laughing. The uh, Robert Urich, Jason, has, he's just wandering around with a plate of drugs, giving them to people. Uh-huh. And when they get high, they actually float up into the air. And right, I'm they like, get high. Oh, God, it, it's still funny. <laughs> it's still funny. <laughs> and then he's perving on the lady that he gives it to. He's like, I can see your bottom. <laughs> yeah. He's he's a hornball. <laughs> he is a hornball. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> This, this hornball is going to save us all. Oh, God. Well, and then they run into Roscoe again. Mm-hmm. And he's dressed up like a robot. And he's like, give me some sandwiches. Or is that yeah. Killjoy? That's, kill, that's is Killjoy. That, that's yeah. Killjoy. He's like, yeah. 
hiding as a robot now because he's Danny Ocean. Yeah. And uh, they're like, I guess we should get him a sandwich. But at that point, the jig is up. Mm-hmm. And they have to escape. And we see an early Tesla bike design. Yes. Right. Like that is that is a DeLorean bike. <laughs> it's awesome. The Tesla truck is not. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, and the fact that it can hold four people mm-hmm. was pretty amazing. And there's the the escape is is hilarious. And at one point, uh, because Jason has made off on the Tesla bike with the princess. Roscoe and Killjoy are like, oh, shit, how are we going to escape? And then there's a hooker cab. Yeah. And they're like, oh, free rides to the hookers. And he's like, okay, let's take the hooker cab. And then they're just on the spaceship. Yeah. I guess they they made it. I don't know. I'm glad that we didn't get to see uh, what happened during the hooker sequence, hooker (laughs) cab sequence, because my son was watching this again. But I am dying to know what happened. During the hooker sequence. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, I mean, if the hooker place wasn't that far away, uh-huh. they had time for a pit stop. Well, I, we don't even know how far it was away. Like We don't know if there was hookers in the cab. Yeah. How does this... This is a crucial part of this universe, this world building, that we need to know how it works. <laughs> and we, we get denied. Uh, yeah, so they just teleport back to their ship. Uh, they're on their way to the the pirate moon of Zagora, where Princess Karina has some business to attend to, I guess. They're like, uh, uh, I, I saved you. Uh, you clearly, last time, were trying to kidnap me. You, you pirates outnumber us greatly, but I'm in charge. We're going to Zagora, where I got some shit to take care of. And they're like, okay, we'll fly you there. Yeah, they're going to go. She she shows Jason a picture, and she's like, you know this guy? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, it's my buddy Lanky. She's like, okay, well, we got to go see him. He's like, cool, I like that guy. Yeah, right. So I'm going to look at your butt. She <laughs> like, They have a little bit of a confrontation on who's in charge, and he's like, I guess you're kind of in charge, but not really, because whatever. I, you're going to shoot me with that pick-and-save plastic gun, whatever. And then she leaves, and he just stares right at her butt, and so mm-hmm. do I. <laughs> so does the cameraman and everybody's like whoa mary crosby has got some shape to her Ooh. you used to be a beautiful baby that's creepy no you must have been a beautiful baby that's the lyrics to the song yeah yeah she looks pretty good for having the shit beat out of her with a bag of oranges that whole time uh-huh. allegedly yeah allegedly what yeah, Pink Crosby was a real bastard, Jackie. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I know you, you, your grandpa used to be pals with him or something, but he was a real cock. They can't prove it, but the, the allegation is that he would take an orange and put it in a sock and beat his kids with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a dick. There are starving kids in Africa, and he's he's wasting an orange? <laughs> I think he wasn't, he was slight of frame and the, uh, if you're going to really, you know, work your kids over without leaving marks, the phone book can be hard on the arms. Mm, mm-hmm. So I think that's what the idea was. The orange was, is it's not going to leave as many marks, but yeah. either way, it's like, you can't do that. No, oh, I thought, I thought Bob Crosby confirmed all that. I mean, I guess that you can't really confirm, but when your brother says that you're, you know, a child abuser 
probably a pretty good source. You know? Wow. Yeah. Anyways, that's fun. Uh, sorry, Mary. Uh, but, uh, you, you know, good looking. Anyways, uh, so Zorn has gone back and we get introduced to the Supreme Commander, played by John Carradine. And uh, he tells them all about the pirates and Karina and where they're headed and what they got planned. And so now the head the head of everything is involved in this whole space caper. Yep. The 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 head Templar is like, uh, is our space trap on the princess working? And the guy's like, Zorn's like, yup, it's working good. <laughs> and uh, then we flash back to the ship where we get the start of a long-running herpes joke mm-hmm. that is so well executed. I don't know that you can execute the herpes joke any better than this. It's yeah. insane. But there's yeah. a space herpy. Yep, Roscoe gets uh, gets herpes. Or herpes. There's only the one. Ship, the ship, yeah, yeah, there's an egg. It, it hatches. They look on the manifest. They're like, very dangerous space herpy. And they look at each other and like, the ship's got herpes? Oh, no. <laughs> and then the next time, they're, like, really worried about it. Like, oh, my God, this is this is awful. And then later, when the next time the herpes are mentioned, like, how long did you know about this? And they're like, oh, uh. And it's just like, <laughs> it's watching people come to grips with herpes for, like, a quarter of the movie. It's hilarious. Right? <laughs> What was the other movie that we talked about on the podcast where literally the whole movie was about space herpes? You remember that? The, I, you, screw, no, you can't remember, but yeah. When you had sex in on this space, you got an STD and you turned into a monster. And it was like like one in four people were space herpes. Yeah, I don't remember what that was. God damn it. Uh Listeners, you have to remind us because that I, I instantly thought of that whole movie that I can't remember the name of. Uh, anyway, so yeah, they're they're having fun with the space herpes. So on Zagora, uh, they go down and and meet and Zeno and Maida's down there, and they learn that uh, Lanky is hiding in Sweetwater, uh, which is uh, you got to anytime you have a pirate movie, you got to have a place called Sweetwater. Uh, and uh, that's 50 miles outside of town, I guess. And this is the yep. point where we get to see Angelica Houston's fucking awesome long-ass ponytail thing. Yeah. And then she is rocking it. She's owning this shit, and then she beats the ever-living shit out of some dude. That, isn't that Lanky's <clears throat> pal? No, it's not Lanky's pal. It's the, the mean pirate that has the definitely not okay to pluck a live bird and put him in a movie. Right. Uh, that happens. And then... He has a very racist sidekick who he wants to kill, but he's having trouble with sidekicks, I guess. <laughs> and that sidekick decides to challenge Angelica Houston to a sword fight, at which point he sort of nicks her with his sword and that sets her off and she just takes his head clean fucking off. Right. It's awesome. And then she's like, you owe the lady an apology. And the guy's like, Ugh. and then she slices him in the eye patch. The the big ugly pirate. Yeah. Mongo. Yeah. Or that's not Mongo. Uh he's the guy from Naked Gun thirty three and a third, the the prison guy. Anyway, he anyway, apologizes. Yeah. 
Uh, so, all right. So they so because to get to Sweetwater they need a lift. So they enlist the Frog Lady, uh, which was hilarious and very Hell Comes to Frogtown esque. Uh, loved it to give her give them a ride on her Land Cruiser to Sweetwater. But she really wants to bang Jason. Like that's what she's in this for. I will give you a lift, but you gotta you gotta ribbit ribbit over here. Mm-hmm. Well, and I thought it was great because to set this up, he's like, that's the person that knows where this guy is. You need to go over there and do whatever you got to do to get the information. Mm -hmm. And she's like, really? Fuck you. And he's like, do you want it or not? Just get over there and do what you got to do. So she goes over there and it's actually a woman and she's interested in Jason. And then she comes back. She's like, you just got to do what you got to do. Right. And, you know, because that double standard, it totally existed in the 80s. Uh And it was just super funny. And he's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) one in a frog. <laughs> All right, so she gives him a lift out to Lanky's. Uh, Lanky is, is, used to be his buddy, but has aged 20 years because he briefly got caught in a time warp. Uh, and uh, so he's older now. He's retired to a ranch. He's got a, some donkeys and some goats. And he's got a real problem with gophers that I think is just... Uh, Still more, uh, it's the effect of Caddyshack here. They spend so much time on the gophers that somebody involved with the movie is like, we can't get enough Caddyshack. Let's put gophers in here. Right, right. <laughs> and he's got these weird, like, pig deer things. What are those things called? Uh, those are just potbelly pigs. No. Yeah, that's how what potbelly pigs look like. With fur? Potbelly pigs have fur. Yeah, those are potbelly pigs, and they're pygmy donkeys. Yeah. Huh. Those aren't those aren't space pigs, honey. We have those. Well, I know that they're real pigs. <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> space herpy. They they didn't pull a beastmaster and grab some pigs and start painting them with spots. That's what a potbelly pig looks like. <laughs> yeah. They didn't glue some pubes on it. Right. No, they did pluck a bird clean and make it talk. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's horrible. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Lanky is like, okay, so, uh, hey, Princess Karina, here's the deal. I know your dad, uh, he went to the, he's out looking for the seventh world and he found it. It's in the middle of the galaxy. Here's how to get there. No, he gives her the ring. To rule them all? I don't remember the ring. No, that's not him. Valanche has the ring. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that. He, okay. He, he knows where Valanche is. Right, right. And he's like, he's still alive. He got ambushed uh, by the Templars that killed his crew, and now he's stuck out there. Uh, but he's still alive. So, right as they're getting all this information, the eye patch guy from Naked Gun 33 and a third, and some other other pirates i guess who are these guys these guys are just pirates but they're like the really seedy bad pirates mm-hmm. they're not the fun pirates that were were joining for the film are are uh, rapey pirates that were on the side of yeah these are the murdery <laughs> murder other pirates pirates just unscrupulous pirates that have been hired by the templars to kill jason and uh the princess yeah, yeah. yes we're on we're on team rape pirates, not team murder pirates. <laughs> yeah. 
That's like, the way that goes. I like how you're like, oh, these are the bad pirates. No, we're we're also with the bad pirates. <laughs> yeah. They're, our pirates are more charming. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, there you go. Uh, so they show up. They have this, like, big car. <laughs> like a, like a yeah. Mad Max car. It's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. got a skull-battering ram and giant wheels. Uh-huh. And it has a gun i guess that you never really see but it's blowing shit up it blows up the frog lady. yeah she just instantly gets vaporized i loved it jason's kind of like whoo <laughs> yeah yeah he's not a good guy he's not a good guy i really didn't want to have to bang that frog lady i'm glad she's dead <laughs> dude that's horrible <laughs> and they also blew up the frog lady in a way that it doesn't really damage the car <laughs> because Jason and uh, the princess have to escape in that car. Mm-hmm. And I think that Lanky's still with him at this point. And that's when we get what should be a completely unviewable chase scene that is awesome swashbuckling. All of the movies that were trying to copy Mad Max were actually doing, were going for this. And they didn't get there. These guys aren't even trying to do it. They're like, oh, we just have to have a pirate scene in the desert. So we're going to do it like this. And it's amazing. Yeah. Either way, Lanky gets mortally wounded. And, uh, he, before dying, he makes Jason promise to, uh, uh, find the seventh world and they go back to their ship. He gets, he gets a pretty good eat shit. Ben Kingsley. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. So, now, I don't totally understand why Bruce Valanche is involved in the plot, but that's where we're at next. They go this he, Bruce Valanche plays a guy named Wendon, uh, yes. who is just ahead. I they, do not like this actor. You don't like Bruce Valanche? No. What? I, every time I see him, I just just this like just anger just boils up in me. I love Bruce Valanche. I do not like this guy. Celebrity squares. <laughs> yeah, Hollywood Square. Yeah, Hollywood He's like squares. the square forever. He wrote for like a million different comedy shows. Uh-huh. I mean, Bruce Valanche is, he's like the littlest big deal there is. Yeah, what's what's the, what's his kind of counter, the Harvey, uh, Harvey Danger? No, that's a really shitty band. Uh, Harvey, Firestone, Fire. Har- yeah, Harvey Firestein. Yeah, Harvey Firestein, yeah. He looks Harvey like he... Firestein's more of an MC. Bruce Valanche is a writer, mm-hmm. but he's because he, he's just a really fabulous guy. Uh, the, his real personality got him put on screen a number of times because they're like, "Have you met the writer? Man, he is he's wild." This why, guy. How? Why don't you like Bruce Valanche? I don't know. He looks like a guy who would have sex with a wet hot dog with bun. a frog lady. Yeah, named Robert Urich. Like, how can you be like that guy will have sex with a hot dog bun when Robert Urich, our hero, will have sex with the frog lady for his own good? And you're like, Robert Urich's okay <laughs> for a ride. Yeah, for a ride. Hey, ass, grass, or gas. <laughs> Bruce Valanche is royalty. Okay. Anyways, so I don't uh, again. I don't know why he's involved. Uh, if he's got some information or or whatever, but uh, so. What happens is is that he is the overseer of this space palace and somehow these Amazon women, because we can't forget mm-hmm. that when 
they get to the planet. It's really like foggy and some Amazon women really just straight kick the shit out of them. On unicorns. On unicorns. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the unicorns stabs something and breaks its horn off, and you're like, these unicorns are, like, mean. Yeah. They don't even care if they lose a horn. They will fucking kill you. Oh, uh, it'll grow back. No, they don't, unicorn. I don't care. Stabbed a guy. Felt good. Yeah. But now it's <laughs> jagged. I could really fuck some shit up. <laughs> uh, okay, so Roscoe gets there. Uh, the The... the the women have captured everyone but Roscoe, but he frees them all, uh, and they force Wendon to tell him, I guess he's holding Vasco. He's got him captured or something. Mm-hmm. They, He's supposedly captured, and Valanche is being really uh, coy and salty for his own amusement, and he just likes to toy with people and watch them die in that. Right. But he eventually, when uh, Jason pulls some space pirate business and grabs his head, and you find out that he doesn't actually have a body, he's a disembodied head, Mm -hmm. which I guess they'll use later over and over and over again in uh, what that that show that everybody likes that I like that I can't remember that's uh, Simpsons creators. This is good. This is really good. This is good. This is good. Uh, Futurama. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Like, it's in, they have the ring the same in Futurama. Like, you can tell that there's a lot of people that love this movie. Yeah. And a lot of those people make television shows and films. And I really feel like Star-Lord is based on Jason. I do, too. I do, too. And probably, again, going back to Bruce Valanche, it's like, you know, these other writers are like, well, yeah, this this is good stuff. We can pull a lot of stuff from here. Uh, anyways, so what the deal is, is they fu- they go down to find Vasco that Wendon is holding, but they don't, he doesn't have Vasco. He's got a robot that's pretending to be Vasco just to be a dick. Just to be a dick. Like, that's <laughs> what Wendon is, is he's a disembodied space dick. <laughs> <laughs> dick move. Yeah, I know. I'm the best at dick moves. I went through a lot of work on this, guys. Like, I had to get a robot. And then, like, come up with because the other robots that are in this movie don't look like people, so I had to create a uh, uh, like a genetic synthesizer uh, to make him look like your dad, and also, uh, but not act like your dad. Just kind of act like a robot because when you come in, I want you to be like, "Daddy," and then when you talk to him, you're like, "Wait, what? No, this is my dad." So I could be like, "Boom, got you, bitch." <laughs> yeah. And then you my just, thought is. Why is his fake body so fucking shitty when he's got this incredible right? robot thing over there? <laughs> like, did you use all the good parts on, on your joke robot? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a dick. <laughs> I'm a dick. That's how much of a space dick I am is that I have a shitty body so I can like play the worst and horriblest prank on some lady that's going to show up here later. Hopefully. Hopefully she'll Hopefully. show up. I mean, Hopefully, that's like. That is the dickest move ever. <laughs> Do you think he has somebody in there like, go dust off the robot. Right. <laughs> so it looks fresh. <laughs> this is, I've been waiting years to play this prank. Uh, I know it's very elaborate and likely not even going to happen, but uh, I'll yeah. go to any length. One of the Amazons is like, why didn't you program the robot to dust itself off? And he's like, have you heard that I'm a space dick? Go dust that robot. <laughs> 
All right, so she does find a clue in the the robot's programming that gives her the location, or it gives her a hologram recording of her father. Nope. Also, I should mention, I am pretty sure I saw Michelle Bauer as one of the Amazons. Oh, wow. might be, yeah. You might yeah. have. And she went under aliases, so I couldn't confirm that. Right. But I'm pretty sure Michelle Bauer is one of the uh, uh, Amazons, again, elevating this film even further. Yeah, mm. I think it might be right. And no, he, he not only has he been a complete dick with this robot, mm-hmm. but he's been withholding the ring that was left with him yeah. after by her a, father. A number of sequences of tomfoolery that are back on the spaceship and they have to bring uh, Bruce Valanche's head with them, but leave the Amazons behind. Right. Even though I feel like they'd be really useful in a pinch. Uh they didn't have they enough toilet are paper. They him over stuff, and he's like, okay, fine, I'm just being a dick. I have it. You didn't ask for it, by the way. <laughs> and then he, like, puts it out, and he's, he's been, he swallowed it. He's got it in his throat. Right. He's like, here his it is. Thro- his throat is his pocket. Yeah. He's got, he says something about having other good stuff in there, or somebody <laughs> right? says something like, you got some other good stuff in there, bud? He's like, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> got tons of awesome shit down there. Yeah, so the ring... If you put it with another ring and spin it, it will, you'll get a hologram of your dad. Yeah. Yes. That's her ring and her dad's ring. Yeah. And there's a message on it. She gets the coordinates through the, through the hologram. And now they've got a path to the seventh world. But if you deviate at all from this path through a time warp, you will be stuck in that time warp forever. Forever. Which wouldn't make any sense because in the time warp, you age super fast, so you wouldn't be stuck there forever. You'd be stuck there for like 20 minutes and die of old age, which we clearly see happen to one of the characters. Uh, anyways, so on their way, before they hit the time warp, Jason's like, hey, Karina, well, what's up? E- even before that happens, oh. Oh, okay. we see that the space herpes has made friends with the donkeys. <laughs> So now there's been a number of jokes about the space herpes up in here up until this point, and now the space herpes is just happily living among them, and they're like, "Yeah, we got space herpes. <laughs> it happens." <coughs> One in four. Uh, <laughs> speaking of space herpes, yeah. So Jason is has gone to her chambers, and he's he's giving her the smoldery, and she's giving him the oh, mm, hi, and uh, they smash in front of the like almost as dumb of a sex scene as the rooms. Okay. I have to stop you right there because everything that I know about love and sex and music (laughs) is from this scene. (laughs) I'm not joking. Like this is when I say that she woke things inside of me. I was very young the first time I saw this movie and I'm like, I understand men and women now. (laughs) I don't think you did. (laughs) This is where you're supposed to get is like on a holodeck slowly gently making love to guitars that are going and i'm just like this might be why i have problems with relationships um and why your water bill is so high they are smashing with the most valuable commodity in the entire galaxy pouring onto them it's fake though this is a holodeck are you sure they seem like they're pretty wet he has an acrylic piece of a small piece of plastic that's clear that's the program for the holodeck 
And it's not as good as the holodeck on the Enterprise because it really just has a movie screen and it can simulate water. But there's just like a bed and a movie screen in there and then it's fake water, I think. I don't think it's fake water. <laughs> I think that they are melting ice and pouring it onto them. That's what the holodeck is programmed to do. <laughs> yeah. It's like having sex on gold. <laughs> yeah, right. And he's like, hey, this bang water is great. <laughs> it's the best. I love bang water. And I like that your your thing is like this is the model on how to uh, to do the man lady relationships, and it's the exact same sex scene from the room. That's what happens in the room, Sam. You have you've you've your take on it is so twisted that it's the same as Tommy Wiseau's. <laughs> it's different because Tommy Wiseau's butt isn't in it, right? And that both those people are hard to look at. <laughs> These people are not hard to look at, and there is not softly wailing guitars again. Okay. All right. Jackie, your take? I'm with Sam. It's nothing like the room. <laughs> you don't look at the guy's butt and go, what the hell it's, is that? What is that thing? Like, what part of the body is that? <laughs> and then you realize that it's his ass, and you're like, what? Why is it? Why is it like that? <laughs> And then you're just completely distracted by this weird deformed ass. And you're like, I don't even care that they're having sex. This should be like an enjoyable experience for me. But no, now I'm like, what other weird things are we going to (laughs) see? Like, should I just close my eyes for this? Oh, man. Tommy. Well, are you with me on this? Is the sexy Jackie? Oh, yeah. Okay. See, two of three, two of three stinker madness uh, panelists think that this is the sexy. Okay. The only thing that I probably wouldn't find sexy is the pleather couch because one, you could slip off and that would fucking suck. Mm-hmm. And then two, wonder if you're, you know, your ass gets stuck on there. Yeah. You're drenched and you know how suction works on vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. Or pleather or whatever this is. Yeah, I'm I- sure at one point, one of his testicles got wedged underneath her leg and it was a, it was a sticky situation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they have they have bound down. Uh, right then, the Templars intercept. They're 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 chasing, and they hit the everybody hits the time warp. The Templars have boarded the warship that they're on. There's lots of battling, but time is flying by. It's what every minute is what twenty days it, or something like that. It starts like every minute is. 20 hours but it keeps speeding up progressively yeah and what follows is as i'm watching this again as an adult and i've I've, it's only been about 10 years since i've seen this and i've seen it a lot i forget how much i love this scene Mm -hmm. because they live their lives through this whole scene like Later, when we get to questions, I'll be like, well, we I don't have a lot because we got to see what happened. Yeah, exactly. In this scene. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. The robots come out. Valanche puts his head on a robot and he's like, space dick, engage. <laughs> and they start fighting, but they're aging mm-hmm. the whole time. And, and it culminates into a sequence where all of a sudden that, you know, the water sexy business is, uh, he knocked her up. Yeah. Well, he gets a message that, Hey, you need to go see her. And by the time he gets to her, she's already given birth. Yeah. She's like, here's your son. And he's like, that's not mine. 
his automatic Star Lord reaction. Right. But then he's like, oh, he's really cute. That, okay, it's mine. Yeah. Uh, I guess I, I, like, I guess I fell straight up on this one. So I'd like to. I, I like though that he says, "Sorry about that." <laughs> right. <laughs> Whoopsie. Uh, I again. I need more information about how this universe works. I needed to be in that room during the labor because she goes from pregnant to whoop, and then did he, that baby just like go boink? <laughs> like how did the uh, the labor business go it feels in a time like warp? The, the time warp just like skips stuff. Uh-huh. And so like she's like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. And then like a minute later, it's like... Oh, that's a baby that's mine that I know about because I'm hurt? in the time warp and I've experienced all this, but it's only been a matter of seconds. Did her vagina go from its normal size to contraction size or what dilated like instantly for a baby? Like, would it be more painful to have a baby that's boink, or would it be less painful? I think the answer to your question is if you put the miracle of life on fast forward <laughs> to the Benny Hill music, that's what happened. Okay. All right. I like it. I don't even want to think about that because it's just like, yeah, no. Uh, okay. All right. So. And Nanny dies. Yeah. Nanny died. Like, hey, the boy's growing up like rapidly and then he goes outside. So we get evidence that you can't be stuck in time more forever because the, the nanny has churned into a skeleton instantly. The. Another great part about this scene is that he has to go back and see and meet his son and all that. And it's like for all of the time that's taking or that's transpiring, the battle is still at a stalemate in one hallway. Right. And like the Templars are getting old. All the robots are breaking down. They're having to like fix shit. They're they're Danny Glovering constantly like, oh, I'm getting too old for this shit. Uh And it's just like neither side is making any progress (laughs) in this debacle of a fight. Uh, yeah, and the and the the boy, his name is Jason. He grows up, and he's played by Robert Urich, and he's like a super badass dude, and like, hey, parents, like, doesn't need any rearing at all. He's just cool as shit already, because dad and mom are rapidly aging so fast, like they're almost on their deathbed, and uh, Jason saves everybody. Jason Jr. With the and he swashbuckles and swings in like Errol Flynn and mm-hmm. does the stand there and like with his cock out thing like ah I'm just like you dad and he's like oh look at my kid he's just like me <laughs> tip off the old block literally because he looks just like me and is played by the actor that plays me all right so uh they he Jason Jr basically defeats all the Templars uh battle over they uh you know they embrace and the ship exits the time warp resetting everything to its pre-time warp time meanwhile the other ship has veered off course and is lost yes lost in the time warp forever lost in the time warp forever they exit the time warp see earth and go hey we made it earth credits roll seventh world just happens to be earth yeah this is uh battlestar galactica right here battlestar galactica was first at least on that one no it was in the 70s i thought yeah the show but the show never ended they They got to earth they did yeah and it got sucky because they just like that's how they got rid of the budget is they just started having guys walking around in vests on earth (laughs) 
I never. I guess I never watched the end of that show. But uh, the 2000s Battlestar Galactica is what I was thinking of. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. So yeah, they found Earth and uh, live happily ever after, uh, realizing that they don't have a job anymore because Earth is filled with water. Yeah. What? What now? What now? Just go down there and build a cabin like in Battlestar Galactica. Well, and how does this seventh world, how are they going to get the water back and forth? Because wouldn't it just evaporate in the time warp? This is my question mm. that's main is that since they've made it through the time warp, they've gotten there. They didn't really leave the map for anybody. Are they going to go back or are they just like, you know what? Fuck all them. I think you have to go fuck all. You can't just go back and forth through the time warp all the time. Like, oh, this is just how we do it. You're going to die in the time warp eventually. If you think about it, let's say you've, you've said, okay, I know that if I go through the time warp, I'm going to get old. I'm going to get to this point. You know, you're not fighting a battle at this point inside the time warp. Uh, and then everything will reset. But you've got all sorts of variables that could happen in that time warp. Just like Jackie's saying, no, the water wouldn't evaporate because evaporation is caused by heat. But you would have ice in the, you'd have to transport ice back and forth which does imply that you would have to have some sort of cooling facility a refrigeration process that involves parts and things that could go wrong inside the time warp losing all your ice melting everything breaking down you're stuck in the time warp forever no you can't transport back and forth through a time warp um i learned one valuable thing from hawkwind space is cold mm-hmm so they don't have to have refrigeration. They just like turn the heater off in that room. And then you, so then you freeze as well? Well, no, there's a heater in the other room. You just got like an ice wall. No, nope, too much, too much risk. But you, we see how they transport ice. It's just in the, the main fuselage of their yeah. spaceship. They are not capable of transporting water back and forth to other systems. They're done. Well, and who really wants to go through that whole aging thing? It would suck. Over and over and over. Over and over again. I mean, I'm with you guys. I would just say fuck them. I am 42 and my knees fucking hurt. I don't want to go through a time. Like, oh, great. So every week it gets to get worse for two hours. No, I'll yeah. just hang out on this water planet. Also, there's probably like a bunch of other water planets. Right. And it's just sort of like what happens when you move out of L.A., like, should I tell people about this? Fuck no, I don't want any of them to come here. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, well, why did you live there? I don't know why I lived there for so long. Oh, wow. I'm going to live here forever, even though it has Floridians. So we're, we're, we're done. <laughs> okay, that's your movie, folks. Uh, questions. Sam? That was my question. Did they tell everybody to fuck off, and I yeah. think they do. I think they do. I think they absolutely have to. Oh, yeah. So who's the best looking actor in this movie? Robert Yurt. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, he is. Though I'll, I'm going to... Perlman's a weird looking dude, but he's a, he's rather dashing somehow. I don't know, like Perlman's an interesting guy, but... He is an interesting guy. See, and I... Give Perlman a number two here. See, and I would go that big... Uh, the big guy. Killjoy? Yeah, Killjoy. John Mansukis. And then... Uh, Jason, and then Ron Perlman. Wow. I would go Jason, Mary Crosby. Everybody else can oh, take a, lo take a load we're off. Including the women, I would say that 
she's one, he's two. Uh, I actually got Michael Roberts above Killjoy. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know why we didn't get more Mary Crosby and more Robert Urich because, like, I mean, every single thing that Brad Pitt played in the 90s, Robert Urich could have done. Like, why i'm not saying like why do we have brad pitt brad pitt is clearly very good looking uh but like all those roles could have been handled by robert urich as well well he was on television a lot in the 70s and early 80s and he died really young oh he did in the 90s yeah i didn't even know he was dead yeah he died he died very young in the 90s shit what happened to him i can't remember what disease it was or space or cancer but it he he didn't live a long life oh that's okay well that there we go that question answered thanks sam what about mary crosby from what i read about mary crosby and why she's not in a lot of stuff um i think she might have been difficult Mm, because you're you're being crosby's kid you got a free ticket you could be in anything you want probably right there's only one explanation she was in dallas i guess for a while yeah yeah. I'll be in my trailer. Oh, great. She's in her trailer again. Doing blow. <sighs> I guess we're done filming today, guys. She's in their trailer. Go home. <laughs> Is she taking a milk bath? Yeah, I guess right. So. No, she's I pissed taking... in that. Yeah, Everybody else pissed in that, in that too. <laughs> <laughs> Lessons to be learned. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up questions. Uh, final recommendations. Uh Starting with me. Absolutely. When I saw this movie when I was seven years old, I, I don't think I've seen it since. Um, this was my favorite movie. Absolutely my favorite movie. It took over Condor Man's spot, and then I never saw it again. And I watched Condor Man a bunch of times because I had it on tape, so Condor Man took its space back. But uh, Ice Pirates is amazing. Um, I loved it. I've always thought about it. Like It, it holds a very dear spot in my heart. It's cheesy, it's hokey, uh, it's corny, it's, but it's awesome. Like that, the time warp sequence is so different than anything any other movie would be willing to do and so clever on how it's approached that, it, I mean, like that should be, I, I truly believe that that's AFI best writing in a movie, in a comedy movie sequence, like it belongs in any dis discussion of one of the greatest scenes of all time. So, yeah, absolutely do. This has got a nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes because the visuals are Corman esque. Mm -hmm. It's not a, I mean, it's not a good movie because it's so ridiculous. But this, this is you can tell how many people love this movie because of how much of this movie gets put into other movies. Right, Jackie. Oh, it's a definite do. I'd never seen this before, mm -hmm. and I laughed my ass off. I mean, and it I don't know if it was made for kids or what, but I mean, it was funny. Yeah. I, I mean, it was it was genuinely funny, and the jokes hit at the right time. The, t the pacing of those was really great. Um, the costumes, visually, it was fun to look at because I think Angelica Houston, if I remember right, changed her outfit eight times. <laughs> and, you know... It, it, it was fun because like it's kind of like a, these weird junky costumes so every time you look at it you notice something different and i i just i just fucking loved it and that's it and that's a good uh uh bar right there because you had never seen it so you don't have this nostalgia that sam and i do 
and you're still saying it's amazing. So that's that's high praise. This is number two only to America 3000 for me. Wow. That's high. That's really high. This is above Duncan Jack's. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's three deuce. (laughs) (laughs) Three deuce from us. I would say even, yeah, stop what you're doing. I don't know if I would put it above Hell Comes to Frogtown, Sam. Um, Mm -hmm. Hell Comes to Frogtown is so good on every level. Uh, And, but this is, this is, this is definitely Hall of Fame worthy. So I don't fault you. Anyways, uh, that's your show, guys. Uh, I don't know where we're going to be next week. Sam, you got plans? I have not made plans for next week yet now. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens and see who's going to be on the show. It might be me. It might be Tucker. It might be me. Mary Crosby. I mean, I am still part of the show. Yeah, it could be you. I don't think Mary's going to do it because I called her difficult. Yeah. I don't think she's. Yeah, I still think she's in her trailer. Even well, though, and you piss in her bathtub. So I didn't. I didn't do that. I did also say that she's the one who made my wiener wake up. Yeah, for the first time. Yeah, we'll see if we can get old Mary out of the trailer. So uh, we'll let you know. Anyways, guys, have a great week. I hope you enjoyed the episode with all three of us. Uh, go to facebook.com forward slash stickermanus and twitter.com forward slash stickermanus. Follow us there. Support us on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash stickermanus. Uh, go to our website, www.stickermanus.com, and email us. Talk at stickermanus.com. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great week. Get to the chopper.